With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And you're sitting there again going, guys, it's a fast break. What am I doing listening to Ricky's voice again? We fired Sean Anderson. Time uh, has come. We've had enough of his shit. He rants too hard on Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) He is too hard. You guys called for it. We delivered. He calls Kawhi soft too much. That's why. No, he's in Nashville. Sean's enjoying some, uh, he's walking with Elias down in Nashville. Um, I listened to that today, and I was like, it's not good. It's not like it's not the great, album? but it's not bad. No, just the Walk with Elias song. Oh, okay. And I'm like, it's not good. It's, uh, like, it's not great, but it's not bad. It was kind of just eh, eh for me. But we're on the fast break talking some basketball. we got some great topics for you guys. Going to be talking some K-Love with Patron Bill. Going to be talking about the Lakers, what to expect with them and LeBron. Realistic expectations for them this season. And then we pulled an audible, had one topic planned. We're going with a different one. We're talking about the Rockets and if they have gotten worse this offseason, although they signed Clint Capella this today, basically, literally an hour ago, they bring in Carmelo Anthony. You guys can check how we think he fits in. We talked about that last week. I'll probably put that video popping up above Dave's head right now. But before we get into everything, before I invite Bill in, this is where I give you a little bit of housekeeping. First off, if you want to be like Bill, want to be a patron and be on the show, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash podcast to help support MVP. You can also do so by getting an MVP t-shirt. That is in the store link down below in the description. You can see Dave wearing it on the store. You can also get the store at mostvalvelpodcast.com. You can also catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you're on iTunes, or you have it, make sure to go over there, give the Fast Break a five-star rating, and let us know why you love listening to the podcast each and every week. But before we get into everything, before we start with K-Love, Bill, welcome in for another segment. How you doing today? Doing well, doing well. How are you guys? I am doing just great. Dave was I am just thrilled saying, this Friday. Well, that and you were saying that it's great weather here in Chicago. It is. That we're experiencing. It, it's finally not like, you know, sweat my balls off, you know, <laughs> taking a walk outside. So, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I get to be outside. I, I get to not be, like, disgustingly humid. Well, another guy that's feeling good right now, especially after this week, um, before signing his contract extension, he posted a picture of a glass of wine from a private jet on his Instagram page. Kevin Love getting a new deal, a four-year, $120 million extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Bill, I am going to push it right on to you first. I'm going to hit you with the hard question. With this extension... Did the Cavs make a mistake by giving K-Love this four-year extension? I, you can't really say that they made a mistake because if they don't give him the extension, who do they have to, who do they have to play on that team? I mean, um, and at the end of the day, it's a semi-tradable contract, so 
two years into the two years into the four years if they're going to look for if they don't get any free agents that sign in the next couple of years or if they don't develop some of the young talent that they have, whether it be you know Colin Sexton or through some other draft picks, they can move that contract um, to a team that is on the cusp of either making the playoffs that wants to get to that next level or a team that is a top four seed in the playoffs to, um, to propel themselves to like the next, the next level, whether that be, you know, finals appearances or things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, at that point, I think he'll only still be only like 32 years old. So, um, because what is he right now? Is he 29 or right now he's 29. Correct. Yeah. So like at that point it would, yeah, I mean, he'd still be, you know, at the end of what you would consider maybe a prime. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you know, to when he's 34. So it's nothing too crazy. It's not the Chris Ball making $44 million when he's... Dude, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. The hell it is. I'm glad you brought that up, because that just seems asinine to mm-hmm. me. Like, I, so much money, but at the same time, like, how old are you, man? Like, Chris Paul, the least... he He's the, like, most fragile player in the NBA, and yet we're going to put 44 mil on the table for a 36, 37, 38-year-old Chris Paul? Seven, yeah, thirty-seven at yeah. that, at that Yikes. point. Yeah. Yikes. What do you think, Dave? What do you think about think the deal, deal? And did the Cavs make a mistake? No, I think they did exactly what they needed to. Like Kevin Love is like the generic good guy in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he had a great reputation in Minnesota. Um, he was a good team player, but he never was able to win it on his own. He was the scapegoat. He, he got turned to a scapegoat, but he was brought here. He's he's evolved his role without saying anything bad publicly mm-hmm. about. You know, having a diminished role, ch- having to change how he plays from being a dub dub monster, you know, dominating the boards inside to now being a stretch four, stretch five, mm-hmm. uh, working behind the three point line, still one of the best rebounders in the game. Uh, I, I honestly, like, he is exactly the guy you want to be the face of this rebuilding franchise. And, you know, I say rebuilding, like, they've got some pieces that are intriguing between CD, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, we still don't have a locked in deal on Hood, which is kind of weird to me. But and then obviously Colin Sexton, their hope for the future with that top uh, eighth, the eighth overall draft pick this year, eighth or seven, an eighth because the Bulls were seven. Yeah, so I mean, like I think he is the exact veteran you want on that team uh, to help lead them forward. So no, I think it was a great deal. I think what I, I honestly expect to see a resurgence of old K Love. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see K Love put up like. 25 and 12 again. So you're saying we're going to get fat K-Love again? Not but physically, in skinny form. but he's putting up fat K-Love numbers because I don't think that's going to happen. No. Yeah, you're, I don't you're think. anti. Like, All right. And me, I am about to piss so many people off with this. Uh, uh, my right. first thought when I saw this deal was I understand why they did it. Bill kind of hit into it, but... The whole point for me is why they had to do this. They, they being the Cavs, have just lost LeBron this offseason. Mm-hmm. You have to give these fans hope. you got to give them something, some veteran, to say, hey, at least we got him. He's going to be our guy. We are not over. Like many people, like myself, it's basically— You're trying to write the, the Cavs off. Exactly. LeBron want, LeBron went to the West, a spot opened up in the East for the In the, the words of Ricky Whitmer, the Cavs should be tanking right now. No, and maybe not tanking, maybe, mm-hmm. but the whole thing with You're me intrigued. is with the Cavs and with K-Love is I see why they had to make the deal. Like, first off, it's we got to give our fans something that gives them hope for the future. Plus, this is a little bit of joking, but this is kind of like, hey, thanks for dealing with all this shit. 
for the last few years. I know we kind of used you as a scapegoat. There was, I can't even remember who said, I think it was like Windhorse, who was basically like, sometimes in that locker room, there would be games where he would have his head down, towel over his head. He was not having a good time in Cleveland. But I look at this and I go, all right, you're a team that just lost LeBron. What are you, like, once LeBron left, the Cavs had a decision. Griffin had a decision. What do I do? Do I go full on into the rebuild and say, all right, we're going to get draft picks? Not, I'm not saying like Philadelphia 76ers tank mode. Okay. I'm just saying Thank you. we are going to build off of young talents, nail our draft picks, do that. Or are we going to say, hey, we're going to sign this free agent, sign this veteran. We are still a playoff team. And for me, Bill, I'll kick this to you. This K-Love kind of decision is the Cavs ownership telling me they think that, hey, we can still be a playoff team in the week east. Bill, you live? Oh, sorry. Sorry, did that question go to me? Like, yeah. you cut out for a second there. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I, I, I heard the I, I heard the end of what Ricky said here, but like, <laughs> like 15 seconds before that, I, it kind of cut in and out. So, so. what I'm um, basically asking to catch up is this to me was th- their move is basically them saying – hey, we're still a playoff team. I think it's they don't want to do what happened when LeBron left the last time. They saw how bad that team was. They saw the attendance Mm -hmm. drop through the floor. Nobody went to the games. Nobody watched. And, yes, they had back-to-back-to-back-to-back great picks in, like, Kyrie, TT, like those top end picks. I'm not saying they, Anthony Bennett. Yeah, I'm not saying they all panned out. <laughs> Deion Waiters, Waiters like, County. Did, um, like were all the moves? Yeah, I know. Like, but Kyrie like Irving having to suffer a... through the bottom of the bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to go back there. And with a guy like Kevin Love, that they can keep around and try to get those young talent to build under. Like Bill, what, do you think that that was their theory? Yeah, I, I think it has to do. I think that's part of it for sure. Um, you know, they need to do. They couldn't. They couldn't do what they tried. To, the, the last time LeBron left, they couldn't do exactly what they did before. And like you said, draft an Anthony Bennett, draft a Tristan Thompson, who was who a solid player, but right. you know, for a fourth over, I think he was what fourth overall or something like that. Is yep, you know, TT. You, yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's almost like drafting Jaleel Okafor for third overall. Um, you know, they had they had to do something to where it's like okay, we can still be relevant with and and still try to quote unquote rebuild without without you know, having the bottom fall out of the ship on them. And, I mean, I, I guess I'll revert back to what I said before. It's a totally tradable contract. Say they try to make the playoffs in the next couple of years and maybe try to land another big free agent, in wh- whether it be 2019 or 2020. Um, if they don't do that, then boom, Kevin Love's on the shopping block two years from now. And, uh, you know, he could be moved for some nice young pieces. Definitely. Because, I mean, like you said, he's still, even at 32, 33, he'll be, you know, if he's not 25 and 12 anymore, he could be, you know, 18 and 12, 18 and 10. Um, and again, playoff experience, leadership, good locker room guy, um, you know, fairly healthy. I mean, he gets nicked up here and there, but uh, nothing major injury over his career. Um, yeah, a lot of the and, nagging stuff that, mm-hmm. that's caused him to miss time. I just, with me personally, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, Bill, but like with K Love, I don't see him as a guy where it's like he's our number one. He no. not even a guy I see where like he's our number two. What? He's the not guy a... where it's like he's our number three. Like he can be your number two. I'm not saying he can't be, uh... but like for me, there are so many questions. Yeah, he can get rebounds. Yeah, he can shoot the three. 
but he's a defensive liability and he's had a bad injury history that I don't think is going to get better as he gets older. I don't think he was necessarily a defensive liability. I they think took he was, him off the court. He was and, being asked to defend positions that he probably shouldn't have been at times when they did different matchups. I, but that's the other team forcing you into right. those matchups. Right. And then like, you TT have, can't be on the court because he can't mm-hmm. shoot. Like, which would you rather have? Yeah, like there, there were, there were definitely he's trade-offs. He's not a terrible defender. I don't think he's a terrible defender. He's no. not afraid. He's just kind of one of those middle of the road guys who could get screwed in a bad matchup. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not like he is a liability out there, like like other people. You know, it's not like he's, you know, who am I trying to think of? Cal Corver. Like he's a J- yeah, like a, yeah, like exactly. It's not like he's a Cal <laughs> yeah. Corver out there. I love my um, Kyle. Uh, I, uh, I like or, where you're going, though, Bill, with the, like, this is a movable contract in the future. Say, you know, things things work out however they work out, and George Hill next year, only $1 million guaranteed. So they can get rid of that. They mm-hmm. can cut that without sure. any problem. J.R. Smith, expiring contract. That could be interesting for some teams looking for. I know he has, like, the literally worst thing ever. That one is only actually uh, just under $4 million guaranteed for 2019. But it could be a contract that some team might want to have just an expiring shooter on their team who could play defense. You know, that was his thing uh, if he gets out of his own head. So I think like those are their two big contracts outside of K-Love. Mm-hmm. And if they take care of that, it, they're not in bad shape. They really aren't. So they've got two contracts that they can easily knock out without worrying too much. Obviously, that's last year of TT's deal currently as well. Like Everything comes up after 2019. That's the big takeaway for me. Yeah. Here's another thing I worry about. I'm looking at their draft picks. And I know, Dave, you said the dreaded, when it came to me, the dreaded T word. Yes, I did. But I'm looking at their draft picks the next two years. Yep. Might not be the worst idea. And the reason why is, like, here's what I fear with K-Love and this extension. Like, Bill brought up, could be traded. Like, Bill's saying two years down the line, I'll say next year. And the reason why I say next year is, let's say you're right. He goes back to those fat K-Love numbers. <laughs> and he's balling out for this team. They fall outside the top 10. That means their pick wow. is with Atlanta. They don't get a first rounder this year. Yep. Then next year, you're basically, all right, you can have your pick, uh, like you have your pick back 1 through 30, mm-hmm. but... The question for me is, if you're a Cleveland fan, and maybe Cleveland fans can answer this, this draft thing could be interesting. Because if they fall the top 10, Atlanta gets it this year, then you don't have to worry about conveying it next year. But if, let's say, Cleveland's in the top 10 this year, all right, they get their pick, then we're doing the same thing next year. They own the top 10 pick, 11 through 30, it goes to Atlanta, which is funny because if they are bad and are in the top 10, Atlanta just doesn't get a draft pick for two years from Cleveland. Or, I'm sorry, they get a second rounder in 2020, or 2020 mm-hmm. if they it don't convey the first rounder. So for me, if I'm a Cleveland fan, I don't want this to hurt our chances of not getting a first round pick either this year or the year after, more likely this year, right. because since everything, Bill, I'll go to you, since everything that happened with LeBron, the Cavaliers are going to be in, like, oh, shit mode. We can't not make the playoffs. We still need to be competitive in this Eastern Conference that everyone's saying is the weak East. Yeah, and I mean, and I think, again, signing, keeping Kev- K-Love around is the reason to do that. I think they can make the playoffs this year. 
Um, I mean, part of that will depend on if they bring back Rodney Hood or not. I mean, not a great player, but somebody who could definitely fill in quality minutes for you, hit some open shots, um, create a little bit of offense. But, I mean, the East is East is very weak. And, you know, you look at all these rosters and, you know, you can pick out, you know, the obvious teams are going to make the playoffs, the Bostons of the world, the Torontos of the world. Um, I mean, I want to say Philly, but, you know, you know, the thing I was going to bring up is, you know, you never know when the injury bug is going to hit somebody. Say, oh, the people mm-hmm. goes down with an injury. Boom. There's another spot that opens up for the East. True. Um, I mean, either of the, I mean, Philadelphia is great, but I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Philadelphia as other people do. I think a lot of Jake's people Jake's going to get mad at you, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Jake's going to get mad. High on Phil- I, I think teams are way too high in Philadelphia. I don't think Ben Simmons ever develops a jump shot that stretches behind by maybe past 18 feet. Um, and speaking of feet, you know, him and Joel Embiid. But, again, getting back to the – instead of ripping on Philadelphia, getting back to the point I was saying is they have such an easy path to the playoffs if, you know, Miami made the playoffs last year, say Goran's out for two months with something. Boom, that spot opens up. Um, you know, I think they have a nice path to the playoffs. And at the same time, you know, going back to Ricky, yeah, they might trade him next year or the following year. Um, I think I think that will be the plan for the Cavs at the end of the day. And again, unless they make that big free agent splash or if Colin Sexton develops into something that is truly, you know, remarkable. Um you know, I, I just think that, yeah, this is a knee-jerk reaction to LeBron leaving the first time and then them being in a, in a turmoil of complete hell for four years until he came back and basically saved the franchise. So I think they learned from that. Now, whether they can execute on their plan, you know, that's a different story. But I think they learned from that and uh, are going to use this as, as a way to, you know, grow and move forward um, with, you know, maybe a playoff appearance or two and then a rebuild. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like what the Bulls did with Derrick Rose got hurt. Let's still try to make the playoffs a couple of times and sign Wade and Rondo and, and then do your No, I mean, how many times can the NBA rig its Sega top draft picks? That's, I don't think they're going to get that lucky, <laughs> lucky again. Um, I yeah. think I think this is uh, very much a make-it-or-break-it year for the team um, because you've got Nance on his final year of his rookie contract. Uh, Hood Hood's looking for the three-year deal, but we'll see if they can agree on that. I think that between Nance and CD, like you want to see if these two guys can be legitimate starters in their role. If so, that is awesome. Rodney Hood could be their starting uh, shooting guard. Mm-hmm. And then you can move pieces like Kyle Korver if they don't make the playoffs this year. You can move pieces potentially like JR or write him off. If Colin Sexton looks good, you have valuable contracts. Like I think that they've got enough, they've got enough, a couple young guys to take a serious swing at playoff this year under the guise of, you know, leaders like George Hill and Kevin Love taking them to the playoffs. If they if they, it looks bad, you can pull the cord and start to look at these contracts. And like mm-hmm. I said, 2019, one mil guaranteed, four mil guaranteed. And then you just got TT's contract and then K-Love's. And then you're basically at nothing again. I just, I wonder, like for me, I'm sitting here seeing no, like, I'm sitting here very pessimistic about it. And the reason why is, all right, make a playoff run this year. You lose your draft pick. That's first negative. You're not going to be, like, even if you get the eighth seed and go up against Boston, if Boston's fully healthy, hell, if they're not even fully healthy, without LeBron, they beat you. But playoffs are playoffs, No, no, I know. It's the city of Cleveland. But I'm saying, like, we saw evidence last year that if that Cleveland team didn't have LeBron— the Celtics, without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, would have beat the Cavaliers. Like LeBron was no a big shit. reason. Exactly. And I, well, <laughs> where, well, where are you going with this, Ricky? What I'm saying You're is, to blow if, if you make the playoffs this year, 
yeah. you lose your draft pick. Yep. And to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that because Do you then think you're this team is bad enough to only well, win thirty five games. Well, and that's the thing I wanted to ask you guys is, all right, the cutoff this past year for the eleventh pick was the Hornets at thirty six wins. I'm damn good at this job. Like thirty five, the Lakers were thirty five <laughs> wins and they were the tenth pick. And Cleveland had last year 50 wins. So, I mean, if we go with the same thing that many people are saying about LeBron with the Lakers, that, oh, he's 15 wins, then that puts Cleveland right at where the 10th pick was last year. The thing is, is that necessarily going to be 15 because of what they have on this team? If I am a Cleveland fan... I would be very cautious about making a playoff run this year, going up against a Kawhi Leonard Rockets team or Raptors team, um, a Celtic team that could be fully healthy this year, or even the Philadelphia 76ers, and getting bounced in the first round and then saying, great, now we don't have a draft pick for a year. And what's the one thing we always say on this show? The how you build a team now is through the draft. And if you push for the playoffs now with K-Love, you're throwing that out the window for a complete year and basically pushing the rebuild. You're kicking that can down the road, basically. I don't know if I would want to do that if I was a fan. That just means you've given up on Larry Nance, CD, Rodney Hood, Callan Sexton, like uh, even Clarkson. Like You don't think those guys are quality starters in the NBA. That's what I'm hearing. Well, it's to me, it's not like they're in a they're between a rock and a hard place, and this is the LeBron James effect. This is what LeBron James does to a team, good or bad. I'm not saying like he's a negative guy and you should hate him for it, but this is what he does. He has a presence on a team. You could if you want to, Um, (laughs) but I'm just I'm not saying like he's an evil guy for doing this. Like he is such a dominant force in the NBA that like you mentioned it, it happened the first time he left. This team was decimated they were to where prepared, they though. needed draft picks like Kyrie. And honestly, the thing that was funny was that team was actually building like there was some promise. Then LeBron came in, and I mean, you could say if LeBron never came back to Cleveland, yeah, they might not win the title, but they Kyrie would have. No, no, I know. <laughs> but like Kyrie would have never been traded. Kyrie could have been the guy in Cleveland. And this to me is, all right, LeBron left. Let's go back because of what our draft picks are right now. I would not want to lose that draft pick this year. That's my big thing. I wouldn't want to lose it and have to start getting that young talent next year compared to this year because you're not going to go to you're not going to go to the finals and I don't even think you're going to get out of the first round if you do make the playoffs with this Cavalier team. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I mean, um yeah, I, I, of course they're not going to make it out of the first round, of, you know, unless something crazy happens or unless they unless they make make a crazy trade at a trade deadline mm-hmm. scenario. Um, yeah, no, I definitely don't see them getting out of the playoffs in the fir- or getting out of the first round if they get to the first round. Um, yeah, because like them, so I think I, I look at them as somewhere that could be anywhere from like the seven to eleven kind of seed. Um, probably closer, yeah, probably closer to the seven eight. But I mean. Yeah, I, I just don't. But at the end of the day, I think they're doing the right thing just because of what happened when LeBron left the first time, and just you know, like like Dave said, how unprepared they were mm-hmm. for that. And you know, 
I think if, if I were a Cavs fan, though, I would look at this as a blessing in the sky. You, you basically had your roster held hostage and your team held hostage for for the last four years by the biggest diva in the I mean, best player, but biggest diva there is in the NBA. Um, control, you know, basically controlling everything that's going on, whether it be from the front office to the team to the coaching to the, you know, I mean, that that's got to wear on players, and 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 I mean, even as a fan, that would wear on me. Um, if you know, I mean, I'm I'm a Bulls fan, so you know, say Markinen turned into the next god over here. If he was doing one-on-one deals and just basically holding the franchise hostage by, you know, I, you know that I, I almost look at it as a blessing in disguise because at the end of the day. I think, you know, LeBron has one or two good years left. I don't think he gets any more titles um, unless he leaves again, um, leaves the Lakers, you know, whether it be, you know, when he's 30, whatever, 38 after that contract's up. I don't see him getting getting any more titles. And, you know, the Cavs can actually start to rebuild after, you know, whatever they decide to do with K-Love in the next couple years. Um, they could actually rebuild with a plan instead of just com- getting completely culture-shocked by him leaving especially the way he did um and yeah i just I, I i literally think this guy has held that franchise hostage just to get to the finals and you know not much more and i mean tons of entertainment great player um you know just wildly entertaining to watch but you know sometimes it's it, it just almost with with what he did to that team i think it was just more of a headache you know, I mean, it was, he had a little bit of that in Miami, but, you know, Pat Riley kept him uh, kept him pretty much in his place in Cleveland. And him and what, what did Phil, Phil Jackson call it? His posse, mm-hmm. um, you know, did, did whatever they wanted unchecked. And I, if I were if I were a fan, I just couldn't take that, you know. I got a question for you, Dave. Sure. Let's say you're the Cavs. You're on the track to make the – not even make the playoffs. Let's just say you're on the track to be outside the top ten. Okay. In the draft, meaning you're losing your pick. Yep. Do you see anyone on this? Because the big question someone could throw out is, yeah, we don't have to be in the top ten. We could do what we did last year, what the Lakers did last year of, oh, shoot, we don't have a first-round pick. Let's make a trade with a team like the Cavs. Do you see anyone on this roster, a George Hill, a J.R. Smith, a T.T., anybody, that the Cavs could use at the trade deadline to get a later first if they're in jeopardy of losing their pick because they're winning too many games? No, I, I honestly don't. I don't think they've got anybody in that. The only mm-hmm. person would be like Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. He's the only person because you're not moving CD, you're not moving Larry Nance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney Hood, if they get the three-year deal in like they want, they they're won't. not going to move him year one. But if he takes the qualifying offer... If he settles on that, mm-hmm. they could move Hood. Yeah, but likely you're looking at Jordan Clarkson being the odd man out if mm-hmm. they try to do that. And Clarkson's got some value. He's on a reasonable contract at like twelve and a half mil this year, thirteen and a half next. Mm-hmm. He's a good bench scorer. He's a good combo guard. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if he's going to get. He could probably get you like a twenty-five range pick. Mm-hmm. So if there's if there's a need for a backup point or backup combo, yeah, sure. Well. We'll end it up because we're running a little long in the tooth here. Bill, we're going to go to you. Final thoughts on the K-Love extension in general. Uh, just great for K-Love. I mean, he's deserving of it. Good player, good teammate. Um, you know, $30 million's a lot, but not a crazy contract. Smart move by the Cavs just to have something around uh, for, the, for the fans to be happy about, possible playoff run, and tradable asset. Um, and, you know, maybe some guy that did a veteran that the younger guys, the Colin Sexton's of the world, the studies of the world, um, Larry Nance's can learn from, um, you know, somebody other than, you know, a gigantic diva. 
who's you know being passive aggressive on on Twitter and Instagram with everybody. So, you know, I I, I didn't know going into this show that you were the hugest fan of LeBron James. Um, no, but yeah, I, no, I I love his play on the tell court. Tell us how you really feel. I, 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 I mean, I love his play on the court. I just think his personality is, would be very, very hard to be around. Fair and enough. I, and I, you know, and I, I don't, and I, and I don't hear too much of that in you know <laughs> sports media and things like that. So, you know, I, I like, I like to poke the bear when I can. If I could right now, like obviously I wasn't going to try because I'd probably fall over my chair. If you guys were watching Get Up this week. As soon as Bill goes on a LeBron James rant, I just want to be like Greeny on Get Up and just put the legs up on the desk. Smoking that stogie, just listening to uh, Bill just go off about LeBron. I, I've got different hey, feelings again, about LeBron. Best player, in the, best player in the league, but you know so, some of his some of his you know holding franchises hostage. Like, ah, notice what hard. he said there. Best player in the league, meaning right now. He's from now. Chicago. Yeah, I know. I know where the allegiance lies. Do I lies. expect anything different? What is your final thoughts on the whole thing, no, Dave? I think uh, honestly the. Move was right. The timing was good. It's it's a sign of goodwill for Caleb's time with mm-hmm. the Cavs. He's going to be a great mentor to Larry Nance. I think he's going to be a great locker room presence all around. That's why they brought back Channing. Yeah. Like, they wanted those guys because they were sorely missing the guys to build a locker room around. When you've mm-hmm. got a team of guys under the age of, like, 26, you want to have guys who are veterans who have seen it, been there, done that. And that kind of makes sure that the locker room gets the right atmosphere, gets the right um, kind of personality going. And that way, when they leave, you keep that momentum rolling mm-hmm. as you bring in new young players to help to help refill that core. And then with me, the I understand why they did this. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing right now why they did it. The only worry I have is Kevin Love playing a little better, being in the spotlight. Well, being in the spotlight and playing better because of it gets them out of a draft pick this year. And then years down the line, we look back and go, man, if only they had that one draft pick. We're looking at this. I know it's the way too early, but yeah. we looked at this. This is one of the thinnest drafts since mm-hmm. God knows when, like 2013 yeah. or whatever it was. Like, So don't get all uppity about well, the 10th overall pick. I'm just saying, like, I'm saying anywhere in the top 10. Like, I See, would They're be, not bad enough to be a top five team in the lottery. They could. Well, they not, cannot. No, 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 not a top five team. You're right. I, I'm. They speaking. literally can't lose enough games. Tankathon has them at nine. Tankathon's wrong. Well, I mean, right now it's early projections. But, like, <laughs> that's my biggest worry with it is losing a draft pick and – us looking back going, man, they should have just went full re- I'm, reload with it. I'm this close to making a Sean-esque bet about mm-hmm. the Cavs making the playoffs right now with you. What's on the What's on the table? Because they're not making the playoffs. Oh, oh, you're, you No, wanna... they're not. Well, what, what's on the table? I think we're going to have to let the audience decide. Well, you got nothing? comment section. Oh, I, want, I want to hear the comment section. We got to agree on it. Though. I know, I'm not going to let them blindly... I'm interested to see what they want to do. Okay. Because they're not making the playoffs this year. I think they could. Even with K-Love. I think they can. They could, but they won't. I think they can. They won't. They won't. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What do you think about K-Love? Am I harping too much on the draft pick? Let me know what you think down below in that comment section. But Dave, let's move on into the next segment. Thanking Bill again for joining us on the podcast. But we're moving over from LeBron's old team... Yeah, And now we're moving on into LeBron's new team. And we're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers. First time we have touched the LeBron move since he made the move 
on July 1st. And if you haven't been caught up, they bring in Rajon Rondo. They're bringing in Lance Stevenson. They bring in Be Easy. They bring in JaVale McGee. They're bringing in a ton of guys. And Dave, I'm just going to be straight up and ask you straightforward. Sure. What should be the because a lot of people are saying, oh, they're a playoff team. There's some people that are saying Western Conference Finals. There are other people that are saying they're not going to make the playoffs. What should be the realistic expectation for LeBron and the Lakers this upcoming season? I think they're like a first round, maybe second round team. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people undervalue what these role players that were brought in alongside LeBron, alongside this young talent, will contribute to this this team. Like you. I know I love yelling in playoff Rondo, but like mm-hmm. playoff Rondo, do you? Is there another man who's smarter than Rondo on a basketball court? The answer is no. Not many, yeah. No, the answer is just no. Like if you found one, I'd be impressed. But it might be one. I'm, I might be impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got one of the smartest guys running point guard for you, mm-hmm. and he's there to help coach basically Lonzo Ball, who super young, mm-hmm. super athletic, great defensively, can't shoot for shit, mm-hmm. but one of the best passers, like. And the weird thing is, like, Lonzo's more, Lonzo's not really a floor general. He's a great distributor for, like, quick. Yeah. He's always about that, like, just Pushing the ball. quick touch pass. Put, yeah, touch. Which works yeah. great with LeBron. Exactly. So, like, I think they've got it pretty well set at the mm-hmm. one. The two between KCP, Stevenson, Hart, and even Svi out there, like, they've got shooting depth. And I think that's awesome because that's exactly what they need because I expect to see two of those guys on the court at a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're, I think they're going to go small often because, to be fair, JaVale's not exactly the best center in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Wagner, same thing. And then, obviously, rolling the three with Ingram and James. And I think, like, I, I think LeBron's going to play the four, I'll be honest. Like, it's going to be, obviously, He'll rotational. Play anywhere. It's rotational. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I like the lineup so far. I think that this team could do something. Kuzma and be easy at mm-hmm. the four. Like I said, you just, that five as a whole, you put... Javale out there, you can put LeBron up at out at the five. Hell, you could put Mo Wagner out there. Like they, that's a filler spot, but they've got mm-hmm. depth with other guys. They've got young talent, and then they've got those savvy veterans. It's that sweet mix that, like, honestly, this is a team that I would love to have in two K. I'm probably gonna play them really quickly in two K nineteen. I am excited to see this Laker team on the court because to go off of what you said first off, yeah. I completely agree with you. Second round is where I'm putting them for sure right now. Yeah. If they play a team like the Rockets, and the Rockets have a fluke injury, or not a fluke injury, a CP3 but a injury? repeating injury like they had last year, I could see this team being a injury moment, like a Kawhi Leonard injured against the Warriors, a CP3 injured against the Warriors. I yeah. could see someone getting injured on the other side, mainly the Rockets, mm. being one of the reasons why LeBron is able to bring them to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Like, that is necessarily not the one that I would put all my money on, but second round seems like a good one for me. I think they can beat most of the Unless they're like the eight seed going up against the Warriors Look, that, right away. The West is just another beast than these. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't make the comparisons like last year. And that's why I'm in my head, I was like, well, you know, like this cast is honestly better than what LeBron had last year going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. I know Kevin Love's better than anybody, on, like, on par, better than everybody else on this team, but yeah, he's better. Um, but, like, that's the East. Like, but, you can get away with that shit. Yeah. This is the West. This is yeah. where we're going to see, like, the Nuggets fighting in, and like the Nuggets but are the a really thing, good team. And the thing that I like is with the veterans that we've mentioned, yeah. 
Rajon Rondo, like Rajon, Lance Stevenson, I would even say JaVale McGee. Yeah. Like Beasley might be the one I kind of go, all right, maybe. Duke can just score. Like that's what he does. None of these guys, especially the first three I named, like JaVale people may give an argument to, but he showed a lot in the playoffs last year, especially in the finals. Like we were talking about K-Love in the last segment, and I said there's some things that made him a liability at times, mainly his defensive. Like, you know what? This team is putting him in a bad matchup. We can't let him keep getting burned by yep. guarding this guy. We got to put someone else in there. You don't get that with Rajon. You don't get that with Lance Stevenson. Those two for sure. I would say you might not even get that with JaVale at the Do you five. remember what happened to Dame Lillard in the playoffs last this past year? Mm-hmm. He got shut down. Yeah. He got put into a box. Mm-hmm. Like, that kid didn't exist. He had a terrible postseason. Thank you, Rajon. Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. The most disgusting defensive backcourt we've seen in the playoffs. Like that was something that was something else because CJ still performed well, but like mm-hmm. shutting down Dame, I think that's just like an actual gold star by Rondo's name. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I can just shut down one of the best three pointers in the game. You know, I'm I'm basically a floor god. And at the same time, I also happen to be smarter than our coach. And that's the thing where I I absolutely love what LeBron and Magic have done for this year. Yeah. Is like you've said, they've got some guys, like they're not all shooters, but they've got some guys that can shoot. But the main thing that they have that you need more so in the West than you need in the East Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson for sure, all playoff experience. They all have. And enforcers. That too. I know that I. I know enforcers is not a super NBA term. And I know for me, I heard that word Cowherd was saying that, like these are guys that can bully up. With the soft, he was saying rockets, but like, that, but yeah, or not rockets, uh, warriors. Um, the soft yeah. wars, like yeah. Steph Curry and like the whole Durant sure. thing with him being soft. People are saying the herd. Yeah, I got you. But like with me, I love just the fact of these guys. It's LeBron basically. Hey, I played him in the playoffs. He's really good there. Let's get him. Oh, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, he blew on me in the past, but he's really good. Like he's when he's locked in, he can. Yeah. Exactly. Like you want that kind of guy on your focus. team. And like this is the first time that I feel like this is what LeBron wanted in Cleveland but could never get because one of the big problems with Cleveland, I know we didn't touch it in the K-Love segment because it never came up, but the thing that LeBron now has in L.A. that he didn't have in Cleveland is people actually want to come to that city. Like, yeah. I know it's a knock on Cleveland. Cleveland's going to get mad. But if I had the choice of going to L.A. weather or Cleveland weather, Not I'm just sorry. Weather. I'm getting out. Like, I'm just saying, like, that for me is a part the, of the it. The entire like, city. Think of the opportunities in mm-hmm. L.A. Think of the opportunities in Cleveland. Exactly. It's just, it's another world. Mm-hmm. There, there's a reason why L.A. is, like, basically the, yeah. the second biggest market in the U.S. It's also, like, and I bring up weather because of when the season happens. Right. Where do you want to be living during the NBA season. Concerned during the offseason, most players do have homes in California. Exactly. Like Jimmy Butler was in, he did his my wish, and it's like, hey, come out to L.A. And I'm like, hey, shouldn't you be in uh, Minnesota? Oh, wait, that's right. It's the offseason, not the regular season. Yep. For me, I think that, like, realistically, this is a playoff team. The only question that I have is, I know we said first or second round, but I'm going to go deeper level. What seed right now are you kind of soft penciling? Not pen, because we're going to do that way down the line. What seed? Is this a top four team in the West? Is this a bottom four team in the West? What Because they're definitely not a top two team in the West. 
What are you thinking right now for the Lakers? They're probably in that five slot for me, mm-hmm. like four or five. I, I'm leaning more towards the five, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The one thing is this is going to be a, a, this is going to be a weird occasion for LeBron James because he's playing with a young team, mm-hmm. and in the past he never really wanted to have young guys on this team. Yeah. And that's why this whole offseason, like you said, bringing in all these playoff vets. But I want to see how he can work with them because they're going mm-hmm. to make stupid mistakes. They're going to lose him games late. Like, he needs to learn how to work with them, mentor them. Like, B.I. is a something special. Physically, what he's done in, to progress uh, in this past year has been huge. Mm-hmm. Like, he can be another ball-handling forward for them. Lance Stevenson, the veteran out there, can be someone you can look up to defensively that can key in on players. You want someone like Josh Hart to be like, I, I need to figure out how he does that so well. Like, Are I we... think you've got the shadows of what you want your players to be. And then these younger guys, we need to see if they can play up to level or if we're going to see playoffs when LeBron's like, I don't want to play with these kids out there with mm-hmm. me. I'm, we're going to go with an old man lineup and we're going to play a short bench regardless of the depth. Are people over, this is a random question, might piss some people off, but I'm going to ask it yeah. anyways. Are we overhyping Josh Hart a little bit too much post-Summer League? Oh, absolutely. I know but he he's played phenomenally player. in Summer League, but are yeah. we overhyping him a little bit too much 100%. post-Summer League? 100%. Like, like, I don't what's think... his real expect- realistic expectation I think this people are season. undervaluing KCP. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he had the whole shit where he was in jail for like yeah. part of the season, which was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. But KCP was just is like, still hey, I'm going to go handle this. And the team's like, all right, do you. Do you? He's still a good defender. Mm-hmm. He's still a good shooter. He takes too many shots. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be a problem with LeBron James here now. No, because LeBron will take more of the shots. Well, LeBron will take more of the shots. Also, yeah. LeBron will get him better looks. Yeah. Like, KCP had horrible shots mm-hmm. last year. Um, so, no, I think that like you're going to see a great split, and I think you're going to see a lot of small ball. I think that there is a ton of potential for this team to go really well. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes down to, and I know uh, Bill mentioned it, during last segment, mm-hmm. maybe LeBron not being the best teammate and you know being a diva about the whole mm-hmm. the whole team and everything. I've heard nothing but positive about LeBron James being a teammate yeah. uh, from people who've played with him. So I'm on the other side of that. I think LeBron being a mentor, if he is open to accepting a younger team mm-hmm. for like the first time in his career, I'm absolutely looking forward to what he can do. Because like last year, we saw it for the second half of the season, mm-hmm. and it bit him in the ass with the Rodney Hood shit, with players not able to hold their role in the playoffs, basically. So this year, he's going to have a whole year to work with these kids and get them into playoff well, shape. And first off, before I go into the work this work with these kids thing and How build off of that, kids? like the thing you reminded <laughs> me of, it's where it's like, oh, the whole LeBron is he a good teammate thing. Yeah. It was like, did you see Enos Cantor when he did his yeah. rounds, like on the jump and the yeah, herd? Where basically it was the herd segment and specifically where – he was like, yeah, you know what? Like, the media gives Ross a bad rap, but he's like, he was one of the best teammates that I've ever had. And then the funny part is he told the story. He goes, yeah, I was uh, talking to someone on a, another team, and Russ really came after me and got mad at me and was, like, really mad. And Hurd's like, oh, you could say it. You were talking to KD, weren't <laughs> yeah. you? You were yeah. texting KD, weren't you? And Russ got mad. But, like, we aren't in the locker rooms, and we aren't with, like, we aren't in the – Private jets. We're not inside. We're not yet. there twenty four seven. Not yeah. even that. Like we're not even. We're not on the team. No, I know. The team, like the insiders, aren't around the players twenty four seven. It's no. close, but it's not that level to it. But the thing I wanted to jump off of is like when you said, "Oh, work with these kids." The thing I like even more so is LeBron is almost like a manager now, where. He doesn't have to run around with a chicken with his head cut off and say, all right, 
I got to work with Lonzo here. All right, I got to work with B.I. here. Okay, I got to work with him there. He's got veterans in place at every position. All right, Rondo is going to help Lonzo, so I don't have to focus on that. I trust that Rondo's going to whip him into shape. Oh, Lance has got, and I'm not saying like take B.I. under the wing, but Lance is going to body up B.I. in practice and make it to where it's like, hey, young kids, you can't be soft. Yeah. You can't be soft on this team. Like, Rondo's going to go after Lonzo if they go one-on-one. Lance Stevenson against B.I., that's going to be a great growing experience for him to go up against a defender like Lance and the intensity that he brings to where LeBron can kind of sit back and go, all right, where am I needed, and not have to feel like i got to run around to all these young kids. Meanwhile, B.I. and, and no Kuzma are just smoking. Yeah. That's, <laughs> they, just, they just straight chilling with they, that lobster pizza that— Oh Kuzma my god, likes. I know. <laughs> they they just start jacking up shots cuz that's yeah. that's all they're going to do and that's awesome. Like I think that people Javel- overreacted to like the lack of shooting. Mm-hmm. When you look at this team like Kuzma be easy stretching oh my the god. floor. There's no shooters around LeBron. Do they know what they're doing? Yeah, between they Kuzma be easy. Doing. They've got the outside shooting from the four covered. Mm-hmm. Then it, the two like between KCP, good shooter, Josh Hart, good shooter, Svi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean that sort of came out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know. know if he'll get time. I, I I only I liked him coming out of college, I don't know but that's he... only because a I watched some Kansas games right. and b talking to Pat every month. You kind of get familiar with uh, the Kansas guys right. a little more, so I knew about him coming out, and I really liked him. Yeah, I don't know if he'll actually be like a great player uh, in the NBA. Good bench that's, player. Like that's, that's a, I'm just saying. Like I don't know. We'll, like we'll I'm wait not and saying see he's going to be. I'm like, not rolling the summer league hype into the regular season because yeah, for he me is, it's he is what, fourth on the depth chart at yeah, shooting guard. It's, for me, what can with Svi? It's what can you give me off the bench in small situations? Yeah, he's like, going to get like five minutes five game tops. Min- if you get five minutes a game, can you give me five quality minutes in that game? He's not going to have anything that blows it off. Where it's like, man, I've got 20 points right. in this game. I want to ask you something though about the Lakers, yeah. and I am taking this. Straight from the herd today on his show talking about the Lakers, where he was saying that you look at LeBron right now, he's got it was like announced today, he's got an HBO documentary show, he's got a movie that's going to be coming out, he's got a pizza promotion. And he, like the herd's point is, all these things take time. Like it's not something that, oh, July 1st happens, all right, 16 days. And we're now going, because I guess Tenny was on vacation, 16 right. days, these are all made. Like, no, these take months yeah. to do. His whole point was this was already decided last year and that during the offseason when Magic and they met with LeBron for three hours, that it wasn't a pitch meeting. That the, He was like, the 76ers never had a shot. Mm-hmm. The Cavs were never in it. He's like, that wasn't a pitch meeting. That was a... Magic Johnson, LeBron James, oh, we're thinking about getting this guy. What do you think? LeBron, oh, I like him. I don't like him. Because one of the things he did bring up, too, was how Magic Johnson and Palenka were like, oh, we like Boogie Cousins. LeBron comes on. They don't even give him an offer. Yeah. Do no, you do you see any truth into that? Do you want to believe that this was LeBron to the Lakers was decided well into last like September of last year? Or... Are you going to say, you know what? No, he decided after the season or during the playoffs. I think he decided after the playoffs ended. I don't think he was 100% locked in. I think LA mm-hmm. was the favorite, but I don't think he was 100% locked in. It's so hard to make a decision like that. I can only imagine 
Uh, well, your your heart's in it, too, because it's well, Cleveland. It's your hometown. Mm-hmm. You're leaving for the second time, but at least this time you fulfilled what you feel you yeah. owe them. You didn't owe them anything. You said but you were going to give them a championship. You did. Yeah. So I, I think that it was a very hard decision. I don't think he knew it a year in advance. I mm-hmm. do think that they discussed the players that he would like to play with. or In you that three-hour meeting? Yeah, 100%. I know that they went through, uh, you know, if we do this, what do you think the team would look like? Like, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So... I, I don't buy the one year in advance. I do think that he, again, as LeGM, has decision-making mm-hmm. power on who he's going to play with. And the thing that I like with this Laker team is the thing that's going to be better for them than in Cleveland, like you mentioned it, LeGM. Yeah. And the thing that's going to be better is that LeBron James doesn't hate the ownership. There's no toxicity in this relationship where basically – yeah, LeBron might have been pulling the strings in Cleveland, but he hates Dan Gilbert. Yeah, they, they hates had that. him. Yeah, to where it's like I want this team to win because I'm on it and I love this city, but I ain't winning for you, basically. Mm-hmm. Whereas this relationship with Magic and Palinka and um, Genie Boss, there's none of that. To where it's like, yeah, LeBron has. They did a say. just clean house. Yeah. to be fair, like that. Yeah, but I'm saying like. LeBron has say, mm-hmm. but it's not like Magic is sitting there being like, I've got no power here, where it's like it's an equal partnership to where yeah. it's like, I'm going to listen to you, um, I'll give my two cents, and it's kind of like a, like I said, a partnership between them. The thing I look at with this team mm-hmm. is they're a top four team. There are three, right now for me, there are three or four yeah. in the West this year. The, how I see just... My Western Conference, if I go off of bracket, like just bracketing teams, yep. one and two are going to be the Warriors and Rockets. That's my first tier. That's like tier one. Tier two will be three through five. That's where I have the Lakers, the Thunder, and the Jazz. Then my bottom tier is three through eight, and that's where I have all the other playoff teams, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, the T-Wolves, the Blazers, the who am I missing, the Clippers you can throw in there, the Spurs, all those other teams are within that third tier. That's how I think it'll go down. Tier one, anyway, Rockets or Warriors. Whoever which plays are, more yeah. games, basically. Then tier three, Lakers, Thunder, and Jazz. Put them in any order you want. Then tier, then the last tier where it's like it's the biggest tier. Put those from five through or six through eight into any spot you want. Am I crazy for asking you why you think the Spurs are so bad when they're going to get DeMar DeRozan and another year of experience out of DeJounte Murray? I don't think they'll be bad, but I don't know if they'll be good enough for a top five spot. I like the Jazz. I like the Thunder. I like the Lakers this year. And I just feel like it's not going to be a thing where it's not going to be like the East, where it's like the third place team in the West has 10 more wins than the sixth place team. It could be... The Spurs are at are the Spurs are at four. Yeah, the Lakers are only two games better than them. Yeah, I mean, and, won, but the Lakers are three. Like it could be that same. close. The Spurs them. last year won forty seven games yeah. without Kawhi Leonard, basically. Yeah. So and they get Demar Derozan. Now I'm they get Demar Derozan. I'm not saying the Spurs would be bad. They would I think probably they could be, win fifty. They would probably be at the high end of my yeah. tier three, knocking on the door into that tier two. I'm just not ready to put them in. All right. Basically, off of what happened, like 
they got a bad taste in my mouth because of their season last year, but I do How? realize they're adding DeMar DeRozan. They should get better this year. They lost slow-mo, but like they mm-hmm. added DeMar DeRozan. DeJounte Murray was an all-defensive player. Yeah, like, I just feel it, record, there's a lot to like. I just feel record-wise, the Lakers, Thunder, and Jazz are going to have better records than the Spurs at the end of the year. All right. That's how I feel. That's why they're in my Tier 3 and not my Tier 2. Exciting stuff. But back to the Lakers, mm-hmm. you seriously have them. You think they're— Three or four. Three or four. Right wow. now, it's bet- in my mind, like as I'm going through things, out of that, out it's of between that, uh, them and the Thunder right now. Which one gets three, which one so gets four. So what team four. out of the bottom mm-hmm. set of the playoff teams don't they want to see? Like what team could do you think that this matchup problem would happen? Do you think there's a team that could take a, advantage <sighs> of LeBron being the only legitimate threat out there? I kind of want to say the Pelicans. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind because— um, Anthony Davis, like this team without Boogie was better without Boogie last year than with Boogie. Yeah, they lose. I'm going to Ron- say it wrong, but okay. Well, yeah, they lose Rondo, but Drew Holiday's still there, so you get that great matchup of yeah, Lonzo will probably be playing some good minutes, but I want to see Rondo versus Drew. That's what I really want to see. I mean, Drew's better than him, but <laughs> and really just the the matchup down low of yeah, the Lakers have LeBron. Are they going to play LeBron Anthony against? Da- yeah. Exactly. Do you do that, or will we see Anthony Davis just dominate JaVale McGee down low? Not down low, because he's going to be kind of switching in and out. But, like, is that going to be one where it's like you're throwing a guy like LeBron or maybe not Lance, but maybe Lance <laughs> on an Anthony Davis because JaVale McGee just can't get it done defensively against him? Or does JaVale McGee get it de- done defensively against AD. That is probably the most blasphemous thing I've said on this podcast. Yeah, I'm just kind of letting you talk yourself into a grave right there. Well, uh, I, I just threw out a question. It's not yeah. me saying anything is in stone. All right, um, all right. There's other teams, because the thing that you got me thinking about is, I think if you're... what's my, what are my, because I've been, just to let everyone in on this, mm-hmm. we're going to do, we're going to start our positional rankings yeah. very soon. Super excited for that. I hope you guys are too. And I've already done my rough draft of my one through eight and my entire playoffs and my finals and right now I've got the the first round matchup I have for the Lakers I'm not going to say seedings mm-hmm. but right now I have Lakers over the Spurs in the first round that one would be interesting however with DeMar like that the big one to me is the main reason why I'm doing that too is DeMar's going to crumble in that series but they still have Lamar Saldridge, Dejounte yeah, Murray. I'm not saying like it's going to be a sweep. I'm just saying Demar crumbles against LeBron. The Spurs but don't move on against the, the Lakers. Now he's playing with a I'm, different system. I get it, Dave. I'm going players. with the joke for that one. Um, but yeah, the Pelicans could be rough for him. I don't really think the Nuggets would give the Lakers a problem. I don't think the Clippers would if they made it in. Really, I would say the Pelicans would be the first team I don't want to play. Maybe the Spurs, but I wouldn't be afraid of the Spurs. You're looking sideways at that T-Wolves team with Jimmy Buckets, the clamps on LeBron. I'll be completely honest. I don't think the T-Wolves are making the playoffs this year. That's how we end this segment. I don't think it. Lakers segment ends on a bold prediction. I think that if I'm looking looking six through eight on this kind of five, uh, this five team maybe, like— Right now, the teams that I would put in the playoffs over the T-Wolves are, I think the Spurs will finish better than them. I think the Pelicans will finish better than them. The Nuggets are going to be better than this year, even if Michael Porter Jr. redshirts it like 
Uh, ben Simmons did. Uh, I think the Clippers could be better than the T-Wolves this year. And I think the Blazers in the regular season will be better than the T-Wolves this year. Like, the T-Wolves, to me, I think this is the year they implode. This is where the whole Jimmy Thibodeau, they implode and don't make the play. I'm not going to say, like, they're at the bottom of the West. but they're not they got a make. lot of talent on that team to fail. I think if, if you were asking me to put my money on it, Do it, they don't make the playoffs. We're talking about Kyrie and Jimmy in New York playing for the Knicks. Boom. That's what I'm thinking. But this is where you guys come in, unless you got anything. No, no, else that's to how we add. end this show. This is where you guys. Well, we got one more topic. We're not ending I'm the show. I'm trying this show. That's a mic drop moment, Ricky. <laughs> we 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 got to tell you about the Rockets. You, you just mic drop this. <laughs> but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. What do you? What are your expectations for the Lakers? What do you think are the realistic expectations for the Lakers? Because they're different. Let's be honest. Like one's expectations might not be the realistic ones. Super true. I think we all want all them to be. Yeah. Like, we're all fans. Of course, Laker fans are going to have those yellow say, and blue I, I fucking love like, the lenses. combo of B.I. Lonzo and Josh Hart. Mm-hmm. Kuzma. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love them. Well, the great thing is they didn't get suckered into that Kawhi trade I and know. didn't have to give any of them up. This no. is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. And, David, it's time to end the podcast. And we are talking about a team we just talked about last week. Well, indirectly. We talked about Melo. But we talked about his best fits with the Rockets. You guys can go check that out video above Dave or should have been above Dave um, at some point. But we're looking at the Rockets. So they sign Clint Capella. They re-sign him. They give him a five-year, $90 million extension. One more year than K-Love got, about $30 million less than what K-Love got. So they're bringing back Clint Capella. They're bringing in Carmelo Anthony, who said in an interview after signing, basically was asked, oh, you know, what Like, what happens like, if you have to come off the bench? And basically laughed it off and was like, I ain't coming off a bench. Cue your AI. What MVP do you know to come off the bench comments? And what just scoring champ you know that comes off the bench? It, what Olympian do you know that comes yeah, off the bench? Exactly. And... The thing is, the one thing that they lose mainly is they lose Trevor Ariza being one of the big guys. And Luke Mamute. And Luke Mamute. I have this question then. Mm -hmm. Have the Rockets gotten worse this offseason? And I ask this question not because of the Capella signing, because that's obviously a good thing. If they would have lost Capella... I would have been worried about them finishing second in the West. Oh, no, they would not have finished second in the West. He was a huge mm-hmm. asset to this team. But because of the Mamute being gone, Trevor Reza being gone, Carl, uh, Carmelo Anthony coming in, we don't know what we're going to get. Is Melo going to be able to basically know your role on this team? That's what I Ooh. think. I you think, tell him lane? I think Melo needs to do that. If Melo wants to be a definite starter... This is not going to be a good year for the Rockets. So that's why I have to ask, have they gotten worse this offseason than they were last year? Defensively, yes. Offensively, no. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, I think they're at about the same point. I think what it does do for them is add someone who can take over a game. I know it didn't happen during the last uh, playoff run for OKC. But I think Carmelo Anthony, when properly motivated is still one of those dominant scores we could see in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think he still has a couple of games he can bust out. I like what they've done. I think that there was no way they could have matched Trevor Reese's offer and kept this team intact. Mm-hmm. 
I think that they've got a lot of options. Uh, the biggest thing staring at me is Ryan Anderson. This boy can't play in the playoffs. He is a just he's a huge liability. His plus minus was horrifying. Like he was on the court for like three minutes and there was like a twelve point swing. Like it's mm-hmm. just as soon as he's out there, you're well, picking and rolling. We were thinking you're, you're he was switching. gonna get moved this year and he didn't. We were, we were. But I mean he's got two years left on that contract, twenty mil a pop, and he's gonna get packaged. we're all assuming he's gonna get packaged with a first round pick mm-hmm. to go to some team for some sort of veteran. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. the that's the assumption. I've seen rumors out there, but like nothing's really an advanced stage. This was probably going to happen during the season, yeah, if ever. But honestly, like they've got a ton of scoring. They've got a ton of scoring. That offense is going to roll. I think Carmel Anthony will find his home with this mm-hmm. offense. I think that will make him want to play defense to some extent because when Melo's happy, mm-hmm. he plays better. It's it's not like a stretch to say it for any player, but like is he gonna he's find, one of those players who takes it to his heart. Is he going to find that as a starter, though? Or will he have to come off the bench and basically... Who you got coming... Who, who you got in front of Melo is my question. Well, no, no, I'm not saying like there's anyone in front of Melo, but just a thing of we saw in OKC and we kind of overhyped it. Of, oh my God, they have Paul George now. They got Melo, they got... Russ, how good can this team be? And Steven Adams. And Steven Adams. The disrespect. Ad- no, 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 but I'm saying like the big the disrespect. The big three were there. Like Steven Adams was basically the... Mustache, um, bro. He was the... No, I don't want to compare him to Zaza. That's a slap in the face. It's a to huge Steven slap. Adams, and I don't want to do that. But he's not like the LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh of that Thunder team. Fine. Um, I'll give you that. But like the storyline of last season... We hyped him up in the offseason. Yeah, right They struggled so. early on. It's like, oh, what are we going to see? No, no, no. They'll be fine. And they were. And yeah, they picked it up, but it was never what we – they never lived up to the expectations that we set yeah. for them last year. We're and fans. I, and I worry that with Melo that he – like what everyone's saying in the media right now is completely true. At this point in his career, he's going to have to – hey, if this team basically – Charles Barkley it of if he's starting for this team and it's just not working out, he's got to have the same moment that Charles had to where it's like, hey, I'm going to go to coach and say, hey, you got to put him in ahead of me. I'll come off the bench because it ain't just like it ain't working out for this team. Because the thing that I worry about the Rockets this year Mm -hmm. is first off CP3's health, but that's always a worry. Every single year. Um, That comes down to postseason, though. Um, Carmelo Anthony and Howie, like, yes, this was the best team for him to sign with. 100%. But for the Rockets side, is this going to be the true fit that, like, is it going, is Melo going to be in a, a helpful addition to this team or something that we look back and go, man, he really hurt them more than he helped them mm-hmm. this year? And then I look at it and go, the main test of with this roster right now, if this team went up against the Warriors again, what is going to happen? And will the home court change? Basically, are the Rockets going to be that dominant team all year to be that number one seed again? Or do they slip to the two seed this year? All right. You asked a lot of questions there. So I'm I gonna try threw to a lot it. out there. I'm going to try to unpack it. Uh, from from last to first, mm-hmm. are the Rockets going to be another great regular season team? Absolutely. A healthy Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella combo mm-hmm. went like 42-3 and three or something yeah. stupid last year. So yes, I think that uh, assuming we bubble wrap Chris Paul, mm-hmm. this team is going to be a, a another probably like 
60 win regular season team like mm-hmm. 58 60 win range like they're right there yeah uh is that first maybe maybe not we'll mm-hmm. see if that can do it this year who knows how many games the Warriors are going to play all out let's be honest second uh i think that it would be an interesting conversation to tell you know carmel anthony that james ennis is starting over you mm-hmm. um ryan anderson starting over you at the four i just don't see it happening like eric gordon is an amazing bench player and i know they swing him out to go three wide with and they play super small and use pj at the five but like i just don't know i i don't i don't foresee any of these guys jumping over carmel anthony on the depth chart let me throw this out what if they did a starting uh maybe a starting lineup at one point of chris paul james harden eric gordon Mm -hmm. pj tucker clint capella I mean, you you can do that, but I think that in the and that backcourt basically it's I think Gordon at the two, Harden at the three, technically, but they're basically positionless. I, I would swap putting, that, but you know, just because of size and speed, yeah, at this whatever. Point in your like you can put it wherever you yeah. want. Is what I'm saying. Chris Paul's locked at the one. Right. Capella's locked at the five. You put PJ Tucker at the four. That's the only lineup I can see where it's like, all right, Mello, are you okay being the sixth man in this lineup? I don't think you start that lineup ever mm-hmm. because I think you want Carmelo Anthony in the game to start the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a slap in the face and it's stupid. That that's like, a fight. Well, being like maybe I should say this. Not I could see a rotation where he's not star- in the game. Yeah, maybe not being no like shit. a starter. Like yeah. yeah, you start the game. Yeah, but minutes wise, he's gonna is what- get twenty eight minutes a game. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get thirty minutes a game. Like it's not gonna be thirty five minutes of Mel. That mm-hmm. we're done with that era. I don't think anyone expects him to be. So, no, I mean, minus playoffs where we'll see uh, how he performs. But, like, he's got a whole regular season. Dan Tony, he's just – he's a smart offensive coach. He's gotten defense out of James Harden, which is like squeezing water out of a rock. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not ready to cast doubt on what this team can do. From what, I, what I've seen, their signings, uh, some of these young kids that they stole in the draft – you know mm-hmm. how high I am on DeAnthony Melton. Yeah. I think he's going to contribute year one as a second-round draft pick. Um, look, there, there's just enough here for me to say I see them plowing through the regular season yet again healthy, and I see Carmelo Anthony being a starter, you know, 82 out of 82 games, mm-hmm. barring injury, and I know they're going to have fun with their lineups, but that's the thing. They've got some versatility. You don't have to have him out there. You can run NSPJ Tucker. Tucker plays three through five. Like mm-hmm. he's a unique kind of character. Yeah. You've got Clint Capella, who we've seen he actually got pushed off the court last year due to all of the pick uh, or all the switches mm-hmm. uh from the Warriors. But at the same time, like that was their money was Chris Paul and James Harden running that lane pick and uh slide to the hoop. I, it wasn't really a roll, but yeah, pick and slide to the hoop. Basically you have to decide. Do you let James Harden and Chris Paul walk up to the hoop, or do you swing up on them and then they just toss it to Capella? Like mm-hmm. it's it's lose lose. It was one of the most efficient plays in the NBA last year. I honestly don't see this team having a struggle until they hit the playoffs. I think as long as they keep Carmelo Anthony in check, as far as like, dude, we get it. You're a stud here, and we want to treat you that way. The offense will rotate through Chris Paul's hand, through James Harden's hands. Ball movement is key. Don't go ISO Joe on us. Like, that's the key. Last year, they even picked up. I, I almost forgot. They had ISO Joe. Like, mm-hmm. that was their backup plan. When things go bad, now they've got a legit version of that. Instead of a thirty like late 30s ISO Joe, you have Carmelo Anthony, 
who, if you need a bucket, he can get you a bucket. And I think that's super underrated at this mm-hmm. point in his career and at this point for this team where we watch him struggle to make shots from the outside because they are so wiped from playing all this defense, all this defense, from playing defense against the best— Playing defense at all. <laughs> playing defense against you know the second or first best—probably the first best you know offensive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, So I—, I I don't see it as being a negative anywhere here. I think that all around, yes, you're going to miss Trevor's. Yes, you're going to miss Luke. But like what those two guys did for you, you're going to get some different things out of Carmelo Anthony. Is it going to be equal, better, mm-hmm. worse? I can't tell you yet. But what I can tell you is you should not be disappointed about Carmelo Anthony coming here because I think he's due for a rebound year. I think if there's one team in the league he will play hard for, it's this team. I think if there's one offense that can figure out a way to utilize him again, it is definitely Mike D'Antoni's. Yeah, and I think the one thing that I'm kind of looking at is to look at, to me, the record. Not necessarily because I know, like, you were talking a lot about Melo and, like, yeah. going back to how he fits I, I, in. We, we should probably talk more about Clint Capella because that's a big signing. Well, I mean, Clint Capella to me, this was, it was easy that, like, my feelings on this. Great, you got him back. Because yeah. if you didn't, I'd be worried about this team. That's all. Do you remember early in the season when he was like an MVP? He was like number four in the power rankings for MVP. Yep. Like he He's is a good player. Like really a good player. really good player. And here's the thing, like going with the Rockets and what I can expect from them this season. Yet again, if you didn't listen to our Lakers segment, you're not listening all the way through on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to catch up on the uh, TLDR of it. Basically, what I said in the Lakers segment was I have – Three tiers to my Western Conference. Tier one is the Rockets and the Warriors. Put them in whatever order you want. Tier two is Lakers, Thunder, Jazz. Put them in whatever order you want. Then my last tier is like Pelicans, Spurs, T-Wolves, Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers. Put them in whatever order you want for the final three spots. Here is what I'm thinking for the Rockets, though, and this comes into just that Tier 1. Are they going to be first or second in the West this year? And I'm not saying this is going to for sure make them a second-place team, but it plays into, yeah, you say, oh, whoever rests more games. Yeah. But also I look at this. Whoever is healthy. I look at a few games. Like, first off, the Lakers last year. Against the Lakers, the Rockets went 3-1 and against the Lakers. Maybe this year they go two and two. Maybe with LeBron, they go one and three. You don't know how that's going to play off if it's the same thing. I want to ask if you go a little more detail about that matchup because I would say two two. Do you think LeBron James is enough to put that young core over? I would say Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, Carmelo Anthony. I wouldn't be surprised in the regular season if they split the season series. All right, and went two two. I appreciate the honesty. If you look at the Clippers. Last year it was all right. They went, they lost the first one, lost the second one, won, and then I think they played one more time. No, they only played, yeah, they played four times. So they went two and two against the Clippers. Yeah. Maybe this year, I'm not saying they do the same. What if they slip up a game there and go one and three? And then the last team that I think, and these are only the teams that I think are going to be better this year, of course, the Western Conference, like, People are going to throw out that Memphis should be better and that the Suns got better. But these are the three that I think will be actually challenging for playoff spots. Yeah. You look at Denver, 1-0 for the Rockets. Then if I go down 2-0, 3-0, and they finished 3-0 against Denver last year, mm. who's to say that Denver, with what they have added, don't steal a game 
from steal a game, maybe two. I'll say a game right now from the Rockets. And I know they finished seven games ahead of the Warriors. Who's to say? And the same thing goes for the Warriors. Like some of these games could get stolen from the Warriors if they're sitting Durant and Curry and everything comes back. Like we expect may the good Lord have may the good Lord help you because that's going to be ugly. I mean, with that and these other teams being more competitive in the Western Conference, especially those bottom feeders trying to fight oh, yeah. for the playoffs. No, there's a lot of young teams that are hungry. Maybe this is a closer 1-2 race than we saw last year between the Rockets and the Warriors. You're not going to have teams like the Kangs and the Suns. The Kangs. The Kangs and the Suns. I will call them the Kangs until they <laughs> prove me a, wrong. It's an A, not an I. Yeah, until they prove me wrong. Um you're not going to have those teams intentionally losing mm-hmm. games, you know, for the last two months of the season. Yeah, that's just not the case this year. Like we're going to start off, everybody's got a shot. You know, there. Mm-hmm. I agree. The West is super close. There, it, it's eleven deep. You know, it, yeah. it's crazy to think. I mean, I throw out the Grizzlies. Let's be honest. Like if they're, they're going to be in the playoffs, if they're fully healthy, add them into that third tier. I, I was surprised you mentioned them earlier. I didn't add them in only because I want to see. I want to see them play games and see them healthy first. Right okay. now, they've never proven to me that they can be healthy. So why? It's kind of like the Browns in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think up the to Bra- last year like, they were. I think the Browns will be better this year. But until you show me what you're going to do out there, let me like show me what you're going to be before I start buying. I know this is it. an NBA show, but I got the Browns. Mm-hmm. Their roster looks like the early days of like I, I was telling you like two years ago the Jags were. <laughs> like, I'm people like. When this I was buying work. in hardcore, like the hype train on the Jag, yeah. on the Jag, and then they won like five games. But which, like this team could work, like on paper, that totally mm-hmm. could do a thing. Which so, you know. I learned from the comment section: it's Jaguars, not Jaguars, like my accent likes to. The Jaguars. The, uh, well, it's Jaguars, not. I kept saying Jaguars. Yeah, it's not W I R E S. It's my Chicago accent. We put Yikes. that in there. Like it's not. Chico- we don't. It's not Chicago. It's Chicago. It's a hard C A. It's when you say it, do you say Chicago or do you say Chicago? You say Chicago. That's just how our accent is, Dave. But back to the Rockets, they could be like, do you think they're still the one seed in the West or are they the two seed? I still got them as the one. I, okay. I think regular season, they have a ton of talent. I, I just, mm-hmm. I think they're going to get better than last year. Or not get better than last year, but even with the like, even with last year, like yes, they added like like I said, I said fifty eight to sixty something win, like sixty wins. That's mm-hmm. right above where the Warriors finished last year. I think the Warriors, that's right, yeah, right at yeah, or Warriors right one fifty eight mm-hmm. last year. I think that's with Steph missing a portion of the season, KD missing multiple games. Uh, I think Clay was the only one who actually was healthy for the majority of it. So if I'm not mistaken, I'm just getting clarification here. Yeah. Instead of a seven-game cushion that the Rockets I think it's going to be like one two. two. Okay. I think I think they're going to be very close. Yeah, I'm, I think the winner of the West is probably like a 60-61 wins. Right now, I am leaning towards I'm leaning towards Boogie coming back in February. I think he's coming earlier, and I am as soon as he comes back. The Warriors are gonna. I know that people are gonna say, "Ricky, you're overhyping it." No, they're gonna go on a wrecking train, and they are good. Like the Rockets will have the conference for most of the year. Boogie comes back. Warriors are gonna roll into the playoffs, and it's gonna be like, "Oh dear God, help us!" My two boldest predictions of the offseason are Boogie and Markel Fultz are both gonna (laughs) shock the goddamn world. You really think Markel was? I do. I absolutely because we got to get. Let's, I know this is a preview, or, well, but these are no, bold no, no. predictions. What I was going to say is we got to give the Sixers some uh, love because the last few podcasts, uh, our patron Jake has well, been he's been feeling a little sad that we've been taking jabs. At the Sixers. Sean's been very happy with what 
you know, obviously the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Pacers did yeah. by adding in So Reek. buying into the hype train? Yeah. After they took his car from him? And the, the, <laughs> that they did. That they did. I think that uh, there's a lot of reasons to be happy with a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, middle-level teams in the East. Yeah. Adding talent, starting to become contenders. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be a fun race. And, you know, that's what we want in the East. You know, yeah. with LeBron gone, I want to see the levelish playing field. And I want to see all these young teams come up with uh, mm-hmm. a ton of talent. So, yeah, no, 76ers, like... You shouldn't feel bad, Jake. Like I'm not I'm not leaving you. I feel I'm still your boy. I feel a little part of it and Jake, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I feel a little part of it too is you're upset LeBron didn't come. You're didn't upset. pay you the time of day. You're upset that really the 76ers have not had the best offseason, haven't they? In general, so you're kind is of Brian feeling you're you kind know, of getting feeling, exposed to bad offseason. You're, you're kind of feeling like the sky is falling right but now. They but they did get Zaire Smith. Will they did get a 2021 fine. unprotected pick. Yes. They everything did get, will. Like, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to Aaron Rodgers you, Jake. Relax. Relax. It's all going to be okay. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think about the Rockets, about them re-signing Capella. Clint Capella. Do you think the price was right? Do you think that... Because I feel like he was looking we didn't for more really money. We talk about that. Like, I know. For him. I'm curveballing you at the end of the show. Because I, I was Rock- wondering if it was going to be a New Orleans Noel situation. But obviously he's done so much more. Well, but in the same context of I deserve my money. And then he gets shorted. This They got him Rockets, to a long-term yes. deal. For the Rockets, yes. For Clint Capella, no. Because he doesn't get. I believe he's worth a little. Because mm, mm. look at Steven Adams' contract. Let, let me put it this way. If Zach Levine and Jabari Parker can get at least twenty thousand million, million uh, big difference. Well, I'm thinking about what they showed. So many zeros. What they? Uh, so many actually, zeros. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm taking a dig at Zach Levine because he's still got to show me what he can do this year before I give him any credit. Um, but no, if Zach Levine and Jabari Parker can get the contracts that they got, Clint Capella is going to be making. Less money than those two this year. Didn't and Jabari I have some comments about how he makes defense. this money? Yeah, not like offense, not playing any defense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Clint Capella is, in my mind, I don't know if you feel differently, is worth more than Zach Levine or Jabari Parker. Uh, that's the only thing, like looking at it like, I don't really know. that's the thing that bugs me on the Clint it's, Capella it's side. It's the center things. position versus wing. Like, yeah. I think wing has more value right now. I think Clint Capella has, well, like... Let's be honest, the Zach Levine one was the Kang. The Kangs were... I know, they fucked us. But, uh, like, the Jabari, like, 20000 for a... Million. Uh, $20 million for a 3-4 who uh, doesn't, like, is going to play offense and we he's don't even slasher. know he's going to be he off can, of the can injury. To, he can attempt to D. He's played all from, half of last season. From the Rockets standpoint, I like it from Clint Capella. I feel bad that he might have I think he got, he, got, he got some good money, but like I thought he was going to be closer to Steven Adams numbers mm-hmm. uh, personally. But no, I think the, the thing it, long-term lock-in is good for this team. The thing that screws They're keeping the over, core. Yeah. The thing that screws over this Rockets team, and we've talked about it before, Rhino. is Chris Paul. Oh, I was saying the Rhino. Chris Paul contract. Like, they're going to be well, locked the down. Yeah. They're going to be locked down. Like, I don't think Chris Paul is effective throughout this entire contract. I mean, Steve Nash played pretty well up until his final injury, basically. Yeah, but I like, mean, he No, I'm trying to cor- think of old point guards. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. Steve Nash didn't have the quite as uh, busy injury history as CP3 had. Am I wrong? Uh, Nash had injuries. Yeah, but not CP3 as many is getting as CP3 injured almost every offseason. Yeah, it's C- a new injury. CP3 is known for his injuries. I'm just saying, like, Steve Nash, like, Jason Kidd, 
are the and even I know mm-hmm. he was never a superstar, but uh, like Derek Fisher, consistent point guard yeah. who played up you know later into his career. So I think at thirty seven, you're looking at a lot of money going to a forty four million mm-hmm. going to a thirty seven year old Chris Paul. 36, 38, 41, 44. That's how it wow. plays out the next four years. Uh, let's put How much is way. guaranteed out of the end is the I question. Have no, I, I have That's... no idea what's guaranteed out of the end, but I just know that I don't think he's playing that entire contract effectively. Like by 3, no. 4. It's... You're not going to be in your prime at 37, but at the same time, like he's Chris freaking Paul. Um, It was a... <laughs> All right, give it to me. All of it is guaranteed. Yikes. It's an I remember there was a question I was going to ask. It's an 159, 730, or 759,700,000. No, you're already bad at numbers. Don't read numbers out loud. 159,730,592, and all of that is guaranteed. And it's going to be an annual salary Super. of thirty nine million nine hundred thirty two six hundred forty eight. President of the Players Union got a rep. You know that's all you got to do. And the last dig I'll throw at Chris Paul sure. to uh, piss off Rocket fans: if the Thanos snap actually happens in real life and Samuel L. Jackson disappears, we got our replacement for Mister Glass in the uh, Glass movies because that's CP three every year. Just breaking something. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Have the Rockets gotten worse this year? Have they gotten better this year? And we're wrong. What do you think about the Clint Capella signing? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. If you're listening on podcast services, let us know what you think about everything we talked about. Thanks to Bill. Bill joined us. It seems like so long that Bill joined us. It was the first segment. A great segment about Kevin Love. Also, a little bit of housekeeping in the end. If you want to be like Bill, check out Patreon down below is the link. You can also get our T-shirt store link in the description or at mostvalpodcast.com where you can also catch MVP each and every day. And last but not least, if you have Apple Podcasts, you have iTunes, make sure to give the Fast Break a five-star rating and tell us why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. I want to thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Sean will be back next week, but will you? Ricky's wearing shoes. I just wanted to show that no, off. No, I'm wearing sandals. There's a, okay. There's a difference. Okay, all right. Here's, <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's my last thing for the comment section and everyone watching. And I love how I put these at the end yep. because it shows the real people Who's that watch the all way. the way through. Here's my question. Was it... Is it that much different? Like, is it that much different if I wear a sandal? I'm putting out my foot right now, and you still see my toes. You still see my foot. You just see a black strap around my feet. How much different is it? I was thinking about that today because I've been wearing sandals. There's something distinctly different. It's somehow more disgusting without sandal. Not asking you, Dave. Asking the comment section. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.